This episode is brought to you by Get Mobile ID by Get Group North America, the smart choice for ID implementations. Put citizens in control with Get Mobile ID, fully ISO compliant 18013-5, and surpasses AMVA guidelines. Learn more at getgroupna.com. Welcome to AmbaCast, bringing news, information, and expertise to the Amva community. Here's your host, Ian Grossman. Enjoy the show. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the AmbaCast. Uh, this week, my guest is Candace Leitner, who is the founder of an organization called We Save Lives. And we're going to talk about We Save Lives, their efforts, and a recent specific initiative they've had around National Passenger Safety Week. Candice, welcome to your first appearance on our Amphicast. Well, thank you for having me. This will be fun. Uh, Candice, I kind of introduced you as the founder of We Save Lives, but I think mm-hmm. for those of you, for those of our listeners who don't recognize your name, mm-hmm. it's probably important to give some context because your your name and founder uh, is probably, you might be more recognizable with a different organization, mm-hmm. um, you know, and to, not to be Spoiler alert, you know, Candace was the, the founder of Mothers Against Drunk Driving, MAD. Um, is, if, is the founder. Is the founder, yes. Right. yes Once fair. a founder, always a founder. Once a founder, always yeah. a founder, yes. Yeah. So starting safety organizations is uh, mm-hmm. not not a new initiative right. for you. Right. Um, want to hear about that story as well, but I, I really want to focus on this new effort around mm-hmm. we, we Save Lives. So let's talk about that origin story before we talk about Passenger Safety Week. Let's talk about the origin story of We Save Lives, where that started and the, the gap, the opportunity that you felt a new organization needed to tackle. I was doing some consulting some years back for Draeger, uh, and mm-hmm. I was working on their oral fluid devices, which I think are the greatest thing since sliced bread because you can test for drugs right at the scene when someone mm-hmm. is stopped. And in doing so, I was going to the traffic safety conferences and whatever, and I would see, you know, booths and of nonprofits and cause-related organizations and go up and talk to them. And one of the questions I would ask is, are you working with any other nonprofits? Are you joining forces with any other organizations? And I was amazed at how many people said no, they were not. They were really working alone and on their own. And I thought, you know, this doesn't seem right. And One of the good things about MAD when I was running it back in the day is we had chapters all over the country Mm -hmm. um, who all worked together on the same initiatives. And so I thought, you know, wouldn't it be great if all of these nonprofits could come together in some manner and work together on the same initiatives while keeping their own identity and doing what they wanted to? So I decided to start the organization We Save Lives. And at the same time, I had been contacted by a number of former NHTSA people and some current NHTSA people and other safety people who said, gee, we'd love to have you back. And um, and they weren't real happy with a lot of things that were going on. And they just said, you know, any interest do you have in coming back? And so I decided, you know, I, I think I'd like to do another nonprofit, but this mm-hmm. one different than mm-hmm. I did before. I don't want to do a repeat of the first one. So I would like to do like a coalition, a partnership sure. organization. And that's what We Save Lives is. And I wanted to focus on drunk, drugged and distracted driving, drunk because of who I am, drugged because I have been working on the oral fluid devices and I've seen a tremendous need to introduce this issue to 
um, to the world because mm -hmm. it was basically being ignored at that point in time because of lack of testing. But in the meantime, we were all running around, not me, but other places trying to legalize marijuana. And there was no consideration taken about what was going to happen with DUID, drug driving, and then distracted driving. Distracted driving, again, because it was an issue that was largely at that time being ignored. And, and it became personal to me because I was hit by a woman who was driving distracted and broke my back, totaled mm. both our cars and broke my back. And so, you know, there was a personal reason too. So it's the three Ds and that's what happened. So we just started forming partnerships and, and our focus is the three Ds. And so uh, take me back, what year was that, that you launched that? Actually, I just had to get my incorporation papers for something else. And it, we got our IRS exemption in March 23rd of 2014. Oh, so wow. Yeah, so we've been around for eight years. Who knew? Yeah, yeah time time flies. <laughs> yeah, I didn't even know. <laughs> I keep thinking we're recent, and I keep using the word recent. Well, I can't do that anymore. So. Yeah, yeah. And so how has it grown? What does the coalition look like now? I think we have, and I'd have to double-check the website, but I think we have over 40 or 50, probably over 50 partners, actually. And when we formed and and whenever I launch a campaign, which I've launched a number of them since starting We Save Lives, I usually will go out to my coalition members or partners and say, hey, do you want to join this? And then we'll go out to others and say, do you want to join this particular campaign? So sometimes our coalition, our campaign numbers are a bit higher than maybe our partners are. But. And so when you use the word campaign, mm -hmm. it's not just a may not simply be a public education awareness. It's a more of a integrated, you've got policy, you might have some mm -hmm. advocacy, you might have some public information, mm -hmm. right? Those are kind of the elements you look at. We do. Um, we do actually, we look at social media, you mm -hmm. know, developing a social media presence. We always develop logos around whatever sure. it is we're promoting. Um, and, you know, we, we do blogs and press releases and whatever we can do. I'm very limited, as you know. I, I call my, you know, I, I'm actually doing a, a course and developing a course on activism for the Mentora Institute. And, and I talk about levels of nonprofits. And I consider my group and a lot of other groups similar to me in the highway safety movement, mom and pop groups, sure. you know, the small, yep. and, and I'm a mom group. You know, so mine is mom, even though I'm national and, and to some degree international, actually. But um, I'm very limited, very small. You sure. know, we don't have a big staff. We don't have a big budget. So um, so it's kind of like this mom group. So with our limitations, we do the best that we can do. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so what successes have you had so far where you, well, know, you point out and you tell me about let's share some of those successes? Well, we did um, the campaign. We launched a petition drive asking Apple to add um, drive mode to their iPhones, mm -hmm. and they did. Yeah. So I take credit for it, have no idea if I should. <laughs> but we launched the petition and they did it. So, okay. yeah. um, and then, common feature on the phone for folks. Absolutely. And yeah. it wasn't at that time. And we went out and said, look, you have airplane mode, mm -hmm. you know, and how many people fly versus drive. Mm. And so, couldn't we do the same thing for drive mode? And then we launched the campaign, but not while driving. Hashtag, but not while driving, where we ask everyone to add hashtag, but not while driving on their mobile device signatures. So they let people know that, hey, I'm responding to you, but not while driving. Yep. And it's sort of a, 
thing about, you know, making distracted driving socially unacceptable. Yeah. Um, we did the courage to intervene, which is actually what led to National Passenger Safety Week. But we launched the courage to intervene promise. And it would be hard to tell you in terms of successes, because I don't know how many people added, but not while driving to their signatures. We have no way of monitoring that. Mm-hmm. And the same with the courage to intervene promise. I have no way of knowing how many people actually use it and incorporate it, yep. which is a problem for nonprofits in the highway safety movement. It's very hard for us to measure right. impact, you know, unless you wait six years for NHTSA to come out with their statistics right. and say right. whatever. Right. And um, and then we have the petition about merit, which actually I'm getting a lot more signatures now, but we have a petition uh, signing that says, oh God, what does it say? Um, we Oh no, first let me tell you, the crash versus accident. We Oh, that mm. movement which has been very successful, by yes. the way. We do know that. We, Jeff Larison and I, and Jeff was with something Safe Roads Alliance, I think out of Massachusetts. He's now with DOT there. But uh, we launched this coalition after we saw some articles that use, which we've been seeing for years, but use the word accident. And just both of us got very frustrated. We yeah. met at a conference and said, we've got to do something about this. So we formed this coalition. Um, and then we actually got the Minnesota Tribune or something, I think it was, in Minnesota to re- revise an article that they had done. I think it was about impaired driving and they'd used the word accident. And mm-hmm. uh, we wrote them a letter and then talked to them and they did revise the article. And then we went after AP Style Book and they did change their definition of accident, um, encouraging media to look at other words. And um, and then we've gotten a number of media actually to redo their policies and revise articles. So that's been very successful. It's um, it's something that we need more of. Mm-hmm. I think we still need more education awareness. So we have a petition on that asking people to sign if they don't want the media to do this anymore, et cetera, which they do. And then we have one on marijuana. And that's a driving high campaign, which we did in partnership with Sam. Do you know Sam? No. Sam is Kevin Sabat's group, Smart Approaches with Marijuana, I suppose. And um, and we joined together and launched this campaign asking people to sign, uh, acknowledging that marijuana, it's you're driving high. The use of marijuana is driving high and that Congress yeah. needs to address this. Yeah. You know, you can't just, you know, there's so many myths about marijuana out there. I yes. know I hear them from my grandchildren. <laughs> And so I spend most of my time trying to show them this stuff isn't true. So um, anyway, so we did that. And uh, and then the most recent one, I know we've had others, but those are good. Sure. And then the most recent one was National Passenger Safety Week. Great. Yeah. So that's a perfect segue. So let's talk about that. It is, it's, you know, hot off the presses. Um, talk about the, the purpose of the National Passenger Safety Week. Let's start there. Yeah. And, and actually, I'm still doing media on it. So... Um, I'm and like, conclude us. We are, you're doing media on it right now. Yeah, we're, that's we're, true. That's we're true. Podcasts are media. <laughs> so it's funny. So I, I lecture and I lecture at Columbia University at their personal leadership institute through the personal leadership institute on leadership issues, which is part of my master class. So these are post MBA students, MBA students, and post MBA students. And after talking about myself, which is what he wants, the professor wants me to do. I, I talk about my, my campaigns, my, mm-hmm. my cause, my belief, my passion. 
so I get into highway safety issues and I ask some questions like how many of you have driven drunk? And I tell them there's no videos in the room. Nobody's going to see this. I'm not going to remember you. I barely remember my grandchildren. So, you know, don't worry about it. So I'll ask how many people drive drunk. Nobody raises their hands. And then I say, well, how many people drive under the influence of drugs? And they'll say legal or illegal. And I'll go both. And I got to tell you, people raise their hands. And I do the same with distracted and everybody raises their hands, you know? Mm -hmm. So then I started asking because we had launched the courage to intervene promise, which I love. It's just my favorite part of what I do. And I said, well, how many of you have been a passenger in a car with someone who's driven impaired or distracted? And I was surprised at how many people raised their hands. Mm -hmm. Man, this is such a common sense issue that I would think it's common sense with everyone that you just don't do this, you know, or you intervene. So I would ask things like, well, why? Uh, Well, I didn't know what to say. I didn't know how to handle it. I didn't want to alienate this person or whatever. And I started thinking, God, you know, passengers are really being ignored by the highway safety movement. Every focus is on driver's behavior and drivers doing this and not doing that. And that doesn't seem to be working all that well anymore because deaths are going up, crashes are going up, right? So I thought, I think we should do something that focuses on passengers. So of course I I searched. I, I didn't find a campaign. I didn't find a passenger safety week, a month, a passenger safety day. I didn't find any intervening techniques for passengers. Um, this was a couple of years ago. I couldn't find any real source of, mm-hmm. I mean, there were a few things out there for teens, but nothing. And look, adults are just as bad about, you know, getting in the car with people who Absolutely. should be driving. So I thought, gee, I'd like to do this. And I approached... And I knew I couldn't do it on my own because we just don't have a lot of resources. So I approached the National Road Safety Foundation, Mm -hmm. um, whom I love. And they're a really strong partner of ours. And I've known Fred Manicharian for God since I started MAD. And I said, would you be interested? Well, and they came back and said, yeah, we would. Mm -hmm. So we started meeting via Zoom and pulling in people and plotting and campaigning and developing, okay, what do we want to do? Well, we want to get legislators to announce this and their legislation, you know, making it a policy or whatever you call it, resolution. Resolutions to support it, yeah. Exactly, at the state and the federal level. And Brandy, you know, Brandy Axtell, who's with Responsibility. Yeah, she helped us with that. I was able to get California to do it because I still work on California legislation. Um, I still have a lot of contacts there, God, and they're not dead. And, um, you know, and they still contact me and we still put in bills and support bills. And so Vince Fong, Representative Vince, Vince Fong did it for me in California. And then the National Safety Council, who are one of our mm-hmm. partners, came on board in terms of getting people they know at their chapter level to right. do this. So we had it at the congressional level. We had it in about five or six states. And uh, which wasn't bad for doing this kind of last minute, that part of it, last minute. We formed a coalition. God, we had, I couldn't believe the responses. Um, Everybody, I was just jumped on this. And people after we started it who hadn't responded before, but saw it came on board and said, we want to do this too. Um, And we have interest actually from several other countries who want to do the same thing, Canada, Britain, I think in Australia. 
And so we formed this coalition. And then we we have this wonderful gal, Melissa um, from Bronca from SAD, Florida SAD, who set up our, I did the, uh, I put everything in that should go in a landing page. Like I wrote the whole thing, yeah, you know, yeah. right ever. And she loaded it up and which was great on our website. So we got the landing page going. And at the same time, and, and another reason that I wanted to do this is because I have a really dear friend of mine, Melinda Lineham, and her daughter was killed as a passenger in a car with seven teens that should never have happened. This kid shouldn't have been driving with 17. She violated mm-hmm. every, you know, graduated. And Melinda for a number of years would go and speak to teens through our courts here in Virginia when they were getting their driver's license. And I was always moved by her story and what had happened and her feelings about it. And she used to say, and still does, if only I had known, if only I had known that Laura was going to get in the car with 17s, if only mm-hmm. she wasn't there at the time, you know, if only I had known that blah, blah, blah. And so I started thinking about this, the if onlys, which many of us go through when our children are killed. And I thought, you know, we need to reach parents and give them guidance, provide guidance on the things they need to do before their teen is going to get in the car with anyone. Yeah. I mean, how many parents do you know that say, okay, who are you riding with? Do they have a driver's license? Do you know the graduated driver's licensing laws in this mm-hmm. state? Are they going to have more than just you? It's, I mean, there's a whole list that we put on the website of questions. And so I asked Melinda if I could do a blog about her daughter. And she said, yes. And then she and I put the questions together, all questions that she would have asked or wanted to know. Mm-hmm. And um, I thought this would be sort of a, a centerpiece of the campaign. Mm-hmm. Would be this blog about this lovely young woman who died at a, it, should never have died and what her mother regrets mm-hmm. about that. Um, about what happened. And so, uh, and and Melinda was super about, absolutely reviewed the blog with me, made some changes. And so we added that to the website and that, that and the courage to intervene promise that we'd already been using became the centerpieces of the whole national passenger safety campaign. It was download the promise. The promise basically says, I will intervene, you know, if someone is Mm -hmm. going to drive impaired or distracted, or I will not ride with someone who's going to drive impaired. That's really making it brief, but basically that's what it says. And I will try and keep someone, although we don't, we ask people not to use any force or to put their lives in danger, you know, just get out of the car, don't go. And then uh, Florida SAD put together some wonderful videos their teens did for Mm -hmm. us. And it just sort of all came together. Everybody contributed this and graphics and videos and, we picked the last week in January because it was the only week when we couldn't find anything going There's on. another campaign happening, right? Exactly, exactly. <laughs> and so we're going to do, this is going to be the last week in January every year. We're hoping NHTSA will declare it or whatever it yeah. is that NHTSA needs right. to do. And But whether or not they do, we will, you know. Yeah. So I appreciate, you know, uh, one of the examples that you had in there was questions for parents to ask mm-hmm. their teens um, I can relate to that. I have two teenagers at home, one that recently got his permit. So uh, I will definitely be following up on that. But what about the 
um, the intervention strategies mm -hmm. for passengers. Like when you were giving your example about the lecture, they're like, mm -hmm. I knew I should have done something, but I didn't know what to mm -hmm. do. And I think that's probably true of passengers of all ages, right? It's that's not just a teen challenge. It's a challenge in many ways. Maybe it's more of a challenge for an adult because you're looking at another adult going, well, they're, they're an adult. I think I should trust them to have good judgment, um, which we know is probably a false assumption. So tell me about, do you offer intervention strategies or ways that passengers can insert themselves? We do. And by the way, when I did these lectures, I would do role-playing with the group. Mm -hmm. I would say, okay, Mary, now you're driving, you know, and you're intoxicated, obviously. And John, you see that she's intoxicated. You're in the car what would you do? And then we would do a role playing and act out things they could say and, and different behaviors. In the On the landing page, we have the videos from the teens who all show different strategies and different things you can say. And I do think um, when we did posting, when we did our social media posts, we also show things that you can say in ways that you can avoid the situation. So we do give strategy. And we're going to do even more of that as the year goes by. We're going to have more videos showing ways that you can intervene or the things that you can say or how you can handle a particular situation. And by the way, you're right. When you talk about adults, I have a friend of mine uh, who's a grandmother and her children obviously are grown. And when she gets in the car, her son uh, drives distracted. He will hold up his cell phone or use the map or whatever. Mm -hmm. And she's beside herself. And she said to me, I don't know what to say. He's my son. And I've said, you tell him to stop. She said, I do. But he says, I know how to drive. It's mm -hmm. not a problem. I said, then you don't go with him. You simply tell him that I'm afraid I can't travel with you. Mm -hmm. If you're going to risk my life, then I just can't be in the car with you. I said, you have to make that very clear. And the same person, ironically, was struggling with this, was getting on a bus coming back from someplace and noticed that the driver of the bus was driving with his mm -hmm. cell phone. And mm -hmm. she had no problems going up to him and saying, you put down your cell phone or I'm calling your supervisor. Yeah. So, you know, there are situations in which adults are comfortable intervening and not comfortable sure. intervening. But, and I've had to do that very recently. I have a friend of mine. I don't have a car, by the way, and I don't drive much because of the broken back. And we got in the car and she took out her cell phone, the little map. Mm -hmm. And she's, I said, what are you doing? <laughs> I usually tell people right up front, uh, I have two rules. You have to wear your seatbelt if I get in the car until you don't drive distracted because nobody I know drives under the influence of drugs or alcohol. But, um, but I just assume now that people, because they know who I am and what I do, just wouldn't do that. Well, in this case, right. so she got out her little phone with her little map. And I said, what are you doing? And she's, well, I don't know how to get there. I'm going to look at the map. I said, no, you're not, not with me in the car, mm -hmm. but I'll be happy to give you directions. Right. We can make Siri speak them out loud or I'll tell them I'll to tell you. you. She wasn't happy about that. Mm. And when we, but she went ahead with it. But on the way back, she did the exact same thing again. And I said, I have to tell you that if you continue to do that, I can no longer ride with you. I just want you to know that because this is unsafe. And she's a lawyer. She should know better. You know, I said, this is really unsafe. And so we sort of compromised in which I looked straight ahead. She looked at the map for about five minutes while we got the first street. And then we both knew what to do after that. But I told her, I said, now after this, no more. 
you know, you just can't do this anymore with me in the car. And so she doesn't. But yeah. and if she did, I'd just say I'll get out and, and take a taxi, you know. Yeah, it's I mean it's it takes a lot to stand up, especially to a friend, right? I think that and that that's where the challenge is of folks of all ages. You know, it's in some ways it's easier to go up to the bus driver who you don't mm-hmm. know. Mm-hmm. There's no relate there's no relationship you're vested in. Right. But to be able to say that to a friend and risk harming the friendship and imagine that, you know, tenfold for teens and, and the peer relationship that's already so fraught with stuff. <laughs> right. Right. But wouldn't you rather harm the friendship than see them die? You w- It's not a logical. Yeah, I think you're right. I mean, it's not a logical choice. And and wouldn't you, I mean, I love my life and I like me a lot and I want to live. Yeah. You know, I have a lot to live for. And and one of the goals, by the way, of National Passenger Safety Week was to empower passengers to make those choices, to care enough about their lives, to realize that they can choose safety or not. Yeah. And if they don't care enough about their friend to want to see them live, then please care enough about your own life, you know, to see yourself live. And, you know, it's like, and, and this is, look, if you got in a car with somebody, do you smoke? No. Okay, if you got in the car with somebody who was driving and smoking cigarettes, what would you do? Right. I would ask them to put it out. I'll do it. Exactly. And if you got in the car with somebody who was sleeping, (laughs) what would you do? Or juggling or, you know, blowing a trumpet or playing a musical instrument or who had their computer sitting on the steering wheel you know, and was answering emails, what would you do? Right, yeah. Well, there's no difference between that and driving drunk, drugged, or distracted. Yeah. You know, they're all dangerous behaviors. And I think it's, it, they are. And it's also, I think the efforts like this are important because it's like you mentioned earlier about what is socially acceptable and socially unacceptable. Mm-hmm. And it goes back to your, your previous work for a lot of your career, having moved that needle of making mm-hmm making impaired driving from alcohol socially unacceptable. There's still a huge challenge, and we know it's killing way too many people. We know in the cultural norms, it's not socially acceptable. One for the road is a thing of ancient past. Right. Uh, whereas distracted driving is, mm-hmm. you know, kind of you're back where we started exactly. with this idea of, no, I, I, I can do it. It's not, you know, I'm worried mm-hmm. about someone else doing it and hitting me. But mm-hmm. I know that I can juggle these two things because I'm a great multitasker. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. <laughs> Which, of course, yeah. we know is a false, not not a thing, not a thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I mean, seriously. I, I Listen, the other day, um, I was getting, I was, it was my light. So I started to cross the street, but I'm, because I've dealt with this issue for so long, been in the movement for so long. Um, I looked both ways and sure enough, this woman comes up, she's on her cell phone and she goes through, I stopped, I was about a few feet into the crosswalk when I saw her coming and I thought I'll wait and see if she stops at the red light. And of course she starts barreling through the crosswalk on her phone and I looked at her and she looked up and she did see the light after she was through the crosswalk. So she stopped, 
So I started walking and I'm doing my thumb down, you know, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and I, I do it when I see a woman more so than a man. Cause I, I think about guns, you know, <laughs> getting out and yeah, I mean, listen, I used to actually hit their car if I was yeah. walking and they did it and I would bang on the car. I don't do that. Anymore. You're from New York originally. It's a very New Yorker thing, right? So I'm going thumbs down, pointing to her phone and she's still on her phone, by the way. And I'm going thumbs down. And she starts screaming at me while she's on her phone. And I'm like, you know, it's like drunk driving. Some people you can reach. Yeah. And some people you can't. Yeah. And I, it could be because it's considered an addiction. I understand, you know, cell phones are considered an addiction. So maybe these people are so addicted that nothing is going to reach them except death Mm. or going to prison or an incredibly high fine, who knows? Yeah. Um, and we have the same, we have had the same problem with drunk driving and drug driving. And so, you know, some people you reach and some people you don't, but yeah. I tell you, it's just, and the difference between distracted driving, and I'm sure you know this, and drunk driving, impaired driving is usually with drunk driving, it happens late at night. With distracted driving, it's all, all day. day. Yeah. Yeah. 24 hours yeah. a day. So what's next for We Save Lives? Well, we're still working on the campaign for the next year, believe it or not. And I've got legislation pending in California that I would like to see in all states in which we are taking out the word accident in all high, highway safety reports, et cetera, mm-hmm. and switch, switching over to crash or collision, but mostly crash. And so I'm trying to get that. I would like to get that in other states as well. And I think as far as campaigns, I'd still like to continue promoting passenger safety, the courage to intervene, but not while driving, um, you know, driving high is a crime, et cetera. I mean, those are yeah. things that we have so many, <laughs> we do, that I want to keep just promoting those. I don't have any great ideas for anything new at this time, but this is me. Yeah, yeah. So life experiences, I go out and I think, oh, wow, this needs to be done. You know, I go out and see things and I'm like, oh, you know, like the courage to intervene in passenger safety week. So who knows what I'll come up with in the next, you know, six months to a year. Excellent. And I guess the, the one last question I want to ask you about is we look at with all these efforts happening, whether it's your coalition, it's, you know, other coalitions, there's a lot of fantastic safety advocacy work happening Mm -hmm. at the same time, the numbers are going in the wrong direction. Mm -hmm. So I'm just curious. I, every time I have a safety advocate on, I kind of ask this kind of high level macro question, which is, you know, what's, what's not working, right? What, what, what aren't we doing that? It seems like the more we invest in safety activities, the more we invest in trying to shift the culture and have countermeasures yet it's fighting this, this uphill battle. Okay, Sorry to be a little bit of a pessimist on it today. Usually I'm, my listeners know I'm more of an optimist normally. It's just kind of the, you know, the way I'm throwing it out at the moment. Okay. So this is just my opinion. I think we put far too much focus and, and highway safety groups do far too much focus on self-driving cars and not enough focus on changing behavior. Mm-hmm. Education, really, if you look around it, it some of the groups, doesn't really exist that much. It's more on self-driving cars and this and that and, you know, self-driving this and technology. It's more on technology, Mm -hmm. which is important. Don't get me wrong, but that's not going to happen for years. In the meantime, 
people are, and, and that's not guaranteed either. See, I have this thing about getting hacked, but, mm-hmm. um, and that's not guaranteed. It's not a hundred percent effective. And so we've lost sight of the fact that we still need to reach the public. Yeah. And we're, I, sorry, I just don't think we're doing that. Well, most of us, smaller groups don't have the ways and means to do that to some extent. Like we have people that go out and do lectures, you know, and go mm-hmm. and speak and, and we're doing Zoom lectures now. And there are some of us groups that are just fabulous in terms of going out, but we don't have the bandwidth to do a massive like direct mail campaign. Sure. Like I used to do back in the day in which we could go out, you know, every month and talk about how dangerous certain practices are. Well, we don't have that anymore. And the media, who was incredibly supportive years and years ago, isn't anymore. So we don't have that same media visibility and presence that we used to do, that we used to have. In fact, I actually did a number of interviews, which really surprised me. Um, I had the biggest problem with the interviewers convincing them I was no longer with MAD. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm now with We Save Lives. And this is a We Save Lives activity. You know, I mean, where have you been for the last 40 years? And I think the other thing, and this is just kind of a small thing, but if you go on social media and you know hashtags, right? Mm -hmm. So I always look and I see, God, you know, hundreds of thousands of hashtags for me too. You know, if you put in me too, go hashtag me too. I mean, it shows it's been tweeted, yeah, 5,000 times that day. If you go on and do anything on highway safety, Oh, drive safe, distracted driving, impaired driving. Oh, I can't remember what else. Well, we do courage to intervene, but not while driving. But other safety, highway, drive safe messages. <laughs> 10 tweets, you know, 100 tweets, 20 tweets. So there's not that awareness on social media. Hmm. The other issue for me, we call it highway safety. Who cares? Who cares? Hmm. We don't call it people safety on the roads, which obviously is too long. I I would love to come up with another way of saying this because highway safety, A, is unsexy. It's boring. What does it mean? Road safety? Oh, we say road safety. Well, it's not, we're not focused on roads and infrastructure. We're not, that's not our focus. Our focus is on behavior and saving lives. Mm-hmm. Nowhere does that reflect in highway safety. Do, do you agree? Right. Well, I mean, I, I think I think uh, from a branding perspective for folks outside of our community, right? Um, that certainly certainly resonates because certainly you know we know what we're talking about when we say highway safety. And right. We know that infrastructure is an element, but you know it's not the there's a holistic approach. Um, But I think for those that don't live and breathe it every day, um, you're right. It makes it maybe a little bit less uh, accessible to them. And, you know, when you're really talking about whether it's people safety, saving lives or, you know, um, avoidable death, right. You know, we're talking about these are, these are deaths that, you know, are avoidable and don't have to occur. There's some, there's some type of death that, you know, like Ben Franklin said, it's, you know, you can count on it. It's a reality of, it's a reality of life is death, but the, the ability to um, avoid deaths and avoid, and it really goes back to something that we embraced at ANVA, which is your accident versus crash campaign, right? The reason behind that 
is the idea of what's avoidable and what could be prevented versus what is happenstance and could not have been prevented. Right. And in saying that, though, when you talk about we know within the culture right. what it means, but they don't, yeah. they're the ones we need to reach. That's right. That's right. We're the ones that drive safe, I right. hope. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, and and I, I've said this before on Twitter. When we tweet, we always tag other highway safety groups. I do it too, to yeah. some degree, although I'm trying to tag influencers who aren't impressed. Yeah. But uh, but I'm I'm saying we, we we keep tagging each other, and we all know that during Super Bowl, right. you know, and and during St. Patrick's Day and designated drive, we all know that we're not reaching the people out there that mm-hmm. don't know it. I'm fortunate um, in the sense that I've got a few people with lots of followers who will retag or will retweet uh, my We Save Live tweet, and sometimes me personally, if I do a safety message. But on the whole, when I tag influencers that follow me or whatever, they could care less. I mean, it's just not, in, they'll retweet all kinds of other things, but yeah. not issues about how to keep safe yeah. while you're driving or a passenger. So um, I would love to find an influencer who really cares about this issue. So I, I think that's the other thing. We're not, social media seems to be the big thing now, especially during the pandemic. Because we can't go out to the schools. We can't go here. Yeah. And so via social media, we're just not reaching the masses. And through the media, we're not reaching the masses. And so um, there is no, in my opinion, national educational awareness campaign on behavior, on changing behavior of dangerous drivers. I don't see it. I mean, we do the best we can, but we're small. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a lot of groups in uh, distracted driving. God love them. They go out, you know, but they're limited to JC Good, whom I absolutely love. Um, she and her husband go out, but they're limited to, you can only reach so many kids and so many students and so many groups. So, And I think that's true with, with most of the transportation safety sector. There's so many good initiatives and so many mm-hmm. good activities Um, so many of them are, you know, under-resourced and don't Mm -hmm. have all the bandwidth to, Mm -hmm. to break through some of that clutter of mass media and messaging to reach, um, sometimes beyond that immediate audience. Well, let me give you an example or a story. Do you know our video reflections from inside? Yes. Okay. So that was launched, um, by what was known at the time, Young and Rubicon, a major advertiser. Mm-hmm, sure, they yeah. did that on our behalf. I got to produce it. It was great. Lots of fun. Took a year in the works. They also knew how to market it. Mm-hmm. I didn't. They did. So they put it out on social media. They did the press. They got Ad Week. This video, I mean, they really knew what to do and how to do it because they're experts. And thank God they did it all pro bono. That video has been seen hundreds of millions of times. I'm not exaggerating around the world. Mm. It has been translated into numerous different languages. It won the highest award that it could win in Europe. Uh, The first American PSA, by the way, to win this award. And I haven't seen, and by the way, the messages that we got from that video 
were so powerful of people saying, God, you know, I do this. I do drink and drink. I'm not going to do this anymore. I mean, we're just powerful. I haven't seen anything like that in a long time. I haven't seen anything like that since. But it took a company like Young and Rubicon, who since changed their names, to do something like that. So, uh, Candace, appreciate you spending some time with with us today. Um, yeah. I know that the folks listening, though, it's maybe more of that same kind of uh, echo chamber. I will say, you know, a lot of our listeners are, you know, the AMVA members who are both um, DMVs and uh, state police. And I think the opportunity there is, you know, they they touch everybody. Right. The DMVs, you know, part of the transportation ecosystem, but must interact just by the nature of what they're doing. Everybody's coming through that that DMV. Um, and I hope that uh, they're, they're going to follow up, which is my last question for you, which is we save lives. People who want more information, where should they go to find more information? We save lives dot org. That's we're on the web. Yeah, we're on social media. We're Instagram. We're everywhere. So, yeah, absolutely. And, and I hear we have a great website. Everybody tells me you have great content. So Excellent. feel free to use it. Well, thank you. Thanks for spending time with us today. We really appreciate it. It's a pleasure to speak with you. Um, thanks for all the work that you have done and will yet continue to do um, in saving lives. Thank you. I appreciate it. I have to thank our listeners for tuning in this week. And I want to thank our producers, Claire Jeffrey and Chelsea Hadwin. Until next week, everyone, stay well. Thank you for joining us for AmbaCast, hosted by Ian Grossman, produced by Claire Jeffrey and Chelsea Hadwin, music by Gibson Arthur. This episode was brought to you by Get Mobile ID by Get Group North America. Visit us at amvacast.podbean.com and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and Spotify.